never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast knows that it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening, along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Um, hey man, um, how are you surviving? Uh, how are you surviving? Um, pretty, pretty good so far. I've been uh, working from home, and uh, it's actually funny, you sent me a text to remind me about the show tonight, and I was like, oh crap, I had no idea it was Thursday, just because the days have just been melting together and I have no idea what time it is at all so <laughs> um how about you <laughs> no it's um it's been uh very surreal and this social distancing and um the uh it, it's just it's just been bizarre and people I think um like I said my day job I'm part of fire and rescue so I'm I'm a first responder and my day job has caused some of the like the calls we get now are like getting weird um, right. and, uh, people are starting to call because they see kids outside and, <laughs> um, really? and then like we, the, my favorite one was, uh, it came over dispatch. They said, um, I don't know if I should be telling you this, but it made me laugh. Um, it's, it said, um, the dispatcher said, uh, caller is concerned about people playing golf. They say that it's, that golfing is not essential. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it makes me wonder if it's uh, people playing at a golf course or if it's just somebody driving balls around in a field or something like it, that. It could have been most of the golf courses around me are closed, so it could it could have just been someone out driving balls on a field. Yeah, <laughs> Which, or somebody sneaking into a golf course. Is that a possibility? Uh, that... Maybe it just made me chuckle. That's all. So. <laughs> it's so funny because golfing you would think wouldn't be like you'd think that's like one of the activities okay since people are so spread out but i guess like you'd have to do it solo almost or something like right. that right um well uh let's move on from the virus because we'll end up talking a little <laughs> bit about it i just thought that was a funny yeah. little story to tell um so it have you done anything in your downtime that like been productive like related to the podcast or anything like that um, I've watched a bunch of movies. Um, most of the stuff we've talked about watching, I haven't gotten a chance to watch, but that's also because I'm home, but everybody else in my household is ho at home as well. And it's sometimes <laughs> difficult to find like that, sh that show or movie that everybody agrees on watching. <laughs> so, uh, but I've been hitting up Redbox a ton actually. So that's right. kind of how I've been spending my time. Well, we'll get to the watching category in a second. Cause it sounds like you right have way, you have way more than I do. Um, <laughs> I got productive in the sense of I have done remodeling to the podcast studio. Um, oh, so if my voice is a little echoey, it's because not everything has been put back in the room yet. Um, but I'm, the room is functioning enough for me to like work from. So, um, for example, the room has been repainted. 
Um, furniture has been moved out. New furniture has been moved in. Um, one of the coolest things that I've done is I've hung shelves all the way around the edge of the ceiling, all the way around, nice. the, all the way around the room. And what sits on those shelves, and it literally just basically makes a box around the room. And what sits on them is my Star Wars Black Series figure collection. Oh, nice! Were you able to make it all the way around the room? Um, it doesn't go. Uh, no, I have a little bit of space for um, expansion. <laughs> okay. Uh, which is nice. So um, I thought that was kind of cool. So there's there's room for uh, more figures to be added in. So it'll be a nice, cool collection all the way around the room. And when I oversee that, I'll have to like figure out who's getting put away in boxes and <laughs> well, have to look at that kind. Put another shelf right below it, right? Uh, I well, you can't do that, but there's areas where I could do that. <laughs> okay. Um, I but, thought you were gonna say you're gonna fill it up with Funko Pops or something like. You started a breakup just a little bit there, man. What'd you say? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna say you were filling it up with Funko Pops or something like that. Oh no, I don't have enough Funko Pops to do that. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. The Black Series it looks awesome, like all the way around. And I got a couple of the vintage figures out just to save some space, just to add in yeah. the spaces. So uh, it just looks really cool. Um, the Black Series is probably a cooler uh, thing to collect, anyway. So. <laughs> uh, I think so, anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of like what I've been doing in the thing, and it was really uh, in this downtime quarantine stuff, and it was really funny on Sunday, Saturday? Saturday this past weekend, and I have to work through all this nonsense, and I am sitting there on, um, I'm sitting there on Saturday playing video games, and the wife walks in and goes, hey, let's go outside and pick up the sticks in the yard and burn them, and, and I'm like, um, this is my actual day off. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not working from home like you are, so no. Um, I ended up having to do it anyway, so whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, watching, reading, um, watching, reading, playing video games. What do we got going on? Right on. Um, so let's see. The first thing I wanted to talk about was. Uh, and you know I what? Oh, sorry. I'm only going to cut you off real quick because of we're going to make watching and reading last a little bit because there's not a lot of news to discuss. So (laughs) we can really go on tangents because this virus has caused like no news. So (laughs) I hear you. Um, I brought a lot to the table for watching. I don't know if I have a ton to say about each one. Oh, no, no. Fire away. If you want to ask me questions to (laughs) space it out a bit, feel free. Um, so, oh, the first one I wanted to talk about was, uh, and I could have talked about this last week, and I totally forgot, but um, we went to see The uh, Hunt. The Hunt, do you know Ooh. that movie? Uh, yeah, you went to see The Hunt? Yeah, this was kind of right before, like, all the shelter-in-place orders were sent through and stuff. Oh, and, uh, okay. Because The Hunt... kind of, like, our last chance to go out and do anything. And that's interesting, because The Hunt got added to uh, Video On Demand early. So, oh, really? um, yeah, I actually have a, where well, that's part of news. So, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but tell but talk about it. Cause I was kind of interested when I saw the commercial for this. Yeah. I thought this was, this was a cool movie. It's, um, I feel like it's kind of being marketed as a horror movie and I don't know if it is. It's, it's really a lot closer to, uh, the most dangerous game, I guess, or kind of like, a like action thriller sort of thing. But, um, this movie I thought was really fun, and my favorite part about it is um, it's really hyped as, like, this super political movie, but it's really not in the way. And when I say that, it's not really political because it um, 
it doesn't really take a side. Like, I think no matter what side of the political spectrum you are, like, a lot of people think this movie takes one side or another, and this movie really doesn't. It kind of shows flaws in both sides of the political spectrum while just having, like, a really kind of interesting premise and kind of, like, just really, uh, you know, intense action and stuff. So I, I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, I don't know if I have a lot more to say about it unless you have any questions about it. But uh, No, I was just curious, like, a general review because it's a movie that I plan on watching. Yeah, so. the, the movie does do a lot of really fun things in that um, a lot of stuff comes in at you in this movie that you don't expect at all. And I really love that. And I don't want to say anything more about that regard because I just don't want to spoil, you know, anything about it. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty fun, it's a pretty fun watch for sure. Okay. And what else you got? Um, okay. So then I kept hitting up Redbox. Um, so I watched Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, have you seen this? Uh, I feel like you have, but maybe not. No, not yet. Okay. So I finally got around to seeing this one. This was pretty good too. I think it's definitely not as good as the first Zombieland, though. Like, and it's kind of, uh, I don't know why I don't think it is, but it's kind of like I think I was comparing it too much to the original. And then the only other problem I had was uh, the actors. In, like, when the first Zombieland came out, there you had Woody Harrelson, who was like, you know, he's obviously like super famous actor, but the other actors were kind of. I want to say, like, just starting to become, like, that household name level. Like, you had Jesse Eisenberg, who, you know, most people had seen in a couple movies, but he wasn't, like, everybody, like, automatically knew, knew his name or knew anything about his, like, real-life persona or anything like that. And kind of the same case with, um, oh, I'm blanking. What's her name? Um, why am I blanking on a... Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Right? Yes, so yes, Emma yes. Stone. Sorry, so I was, was I was drawing a blank too. Level. Like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Emma Stone was kind of on the same level where like you knew her from a couple movies, but she wasn't like the huge star she is now. I mean, she was. She arguably was a huge star, but not like I feel like watching the second Zombieland. I feel like it was harder for me to detach from these actual actors, like real-life personas and their characters in the movie a little bit. And I feel like that might be my fault as a viewer. Um, but overall, like, this one was really good, too. I think there's a lot of really, like, fun and creative things they do in the movie, but I just don't know if I think it holds up to being as good as the original. And I don't know if that's a fair statement, though, because, like, I think about the original Zombieland. When that came out, it was kind of like everybody across the country had like zombie fever and it was like everybody's just chomping at the bit to, to go see the zombie movie and i don't think uh this second movie came out in that same environment and maybe that's something that holds it back a little bit but uh, well i feel like around. i feel like zombie fever is kind of like zombie fever has definitely died down but i feel like yeah. it's altered my opinion of certain movies like i'm i've been like eh about zombie movies in a little bit, a little bit because of how burnt out I got on Walking Dead. Um, exactly. You know, so. Well, I think you notice it a lot because um, when the first Zombieland came out, like, I don't know if it was 10 years ago or so or exactly when it came out, um, if you went to, like, a comic book convention around that time, it was just zombie stuff everywhere. Like, all the independent, 
like comics that were there were zombies. There was like everybody selling zombie prints, and that's definitely kind of died down. I feel like maybe. I don't know, maybe, like, all the big-budget Hollywood superhero movies distracted from that. I'm not really sure, like, what, you know, why that changed. But, right. yeah, it's, it's just not um, zombie fever as much anymore. Although, with the uh, coronavirus and stuff, I feel like a lot of people are being more attracted to that sort of post-apocalyptic theme a little bit. So, I don't know if that'll come into play a little bit more as far right. as the popularity of zombies. But Right. All right. Right. But uh, in general, I thought it was kind of like a pretty good sequel. It was a good like six out of ten sequel, but I don't think it was like the amazing sequel I wanted it to be. But maybe I'll watch it again and change my mind. I do hope they keep making zombie land movies because they definitely are a lot of fun. Um, and that could actually lead into the next movie I rented, which is uh, Jumanji, the next level. Have you seen this one yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, so this one yeah. I thought actually was, like, a super fun sequel, and, like, I think if you compare the movie franchises, like, I don't think I take the newer Jumanji movies as seriously as Zombieland, but yeah. I think this movie was just, like, all out, like, so much fun, and uh, it's just a ridiculous, like, fun ride. I think uh, one, like, really great thing they do in this, this movie is uh, since the new Jumanji movies take place in a video when uh, the characters actually end up in Jumanji, they're not the same characters they were before. <laughs> and they actually show this a little bit in the, the pre-key for them. You're, you're breaking uh, up. You're breaking like, up, man. Really funny thing that, oh, I'm sorry about that. Are you moving around weird? Um, no, no, I'm just in the same spot. Okay, you were just breaking up a little bit, so I didn't know if it got... <laughs> it's okay, we'll fix it in post. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um... <laughs> No, I was just saying, like, since uh, the characters in the movie, like, changed roles in the game, like, they didn't all play the same characters they did la the last time, and they showed a little bit of that in the trailer, but uh, it was just, it was just kind of, like, had a lot of really funny effects as, as far as that goes. Like, a lot of jokes came out of that, and that was pretty good, too, so. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You seem to have no, I don't know if it's just you haven't seen any of these. Or I, so far, I haven't seen them, so I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Um, okay. Everything I'm hearing sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. definitely plan on seeing, uh, I definitely plan on seeing Jumanji. I definitely plan on seeing The Hunt uh, when I get around to it. That one's probably going to have to take a back seat because I'm going to have to find time to watch it. Um, and then uh, Zombieland, uh, same kind of a deal with as The Hunt. I'll eventually have to... I definitely yeah. plan on it. Um, it's just not on my. It's not on the rush to see category for me. So I don't. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought you said you saw Zombieland, but maybe no. it was just because we covered a lot of it in the news. I'm not really sure. That that was probably it. Um, did you watch um, anything else? <laughs> yeah, there's actually one more movie I wanted to mention, which is uh, Doctor Sleep. I finally got around to seeing. Oh uh, yeah. Have you seen this yet? No, I just know of it, and it sounds awesome. Yeah. So like, this, how about this? Let me rephrase. The idea sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, this, <laughs> I would probably say, out of the movies that I mentioned uh, that I recently saw, I think this is probably the best out of all, out of all, all of them. Okay. Um, I thought this movie was awesome. Um, I like The Shining a lot, and I think this movie... And, like, I haven't read the book Doctor Sleep, so I don't know how it compares, but this movie really expands on 
So if you see The Shining and you know what the phrase The Shining refers to, you know that that's like, it's a big part of the movie, but it's kind of lightly touched. Like, it, they don't go super in-depth into what all The Shining is. They kind of just, like, show you what it is, and it has a big part in the story, but it's not, like, really in-deep explained. And I think... This movie is awesome because it really expands the concept of what The Shining is and uh, how it can exist in many different forms. And uh, it kind of just makes this really, really interesting tale that um, besides the main character, Danny, who is the little boy from The Shining, besides him being the main character, the movie almost has a completely different story. And it kind of like, it's kind of just this really epic good versus evil story like it almost doesn't feel like a horror movie it's almost more along the lines of like a uh i don't want to say a superhero movie but almost like just a supernatural like good versus evil tale and then as the movie goes on more and more elements of the original shining movie come in and it just makes this awesome epic movie and uh I don't know. I just really enjoyed this one. I haven't heard a lot of hype about it, surprisingly, but uh, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I'd say definitely check out Dr. Sleep. It's great. Cool. All right. I'm going to take a quick pause to apologize to the audience <laughs> because Skype is being is being really weird. Am I breaking up more? It's it's weird. It's like, it's like it's Skype. It's not like everything's like really clear and you'll get to the end of a sentence and it'll make a weird like... And then, <laughs> and then you'll be able to hear you again. It's the weirdest thing. So uh, I'm gonna. I feel like everybody across the country is probably using Skype at, in like massive amounts right now. So yeah, pro- maybe that has to do with it. <laughs> probably. So I'm just basically like I'll, I'll I'm I, I should have apologized at the beginning of the show, but we didn't really realize it. So um, as this moves forward, uh, you here's your apology. <laughs> Sorry for any weird audio nonsense. Um, it's okay. Did, did you hear everything? Or? Yeah, I did. I just thought it was okay, weird. Like, cool. oh, crap. That's, you know, um, <laughs> that's, it's just, it makes these weird noises and it'll make you drop a word or something. And I'm like, crap, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Um, so was that all you had in the watching category? Yeah, yeah. That's got finally through my watching category this time. So. All right. So I have been reading... Uh, the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, the new uh, D&D uh, campaign setting book, right, um, right. which has been a absolute wonderful read. Um, it's really fascinating. It's really kind of grabbed my attention, um, and I'm making lots of notes, so I hope my players enjoy. Um, <laughs> so I've been reading that. Um, uh, Doom Eternal came out, so I've been playing that. Um, Doom Eternal is uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, it's brutal, it's gory, it's hyper-violent, it, uh, it's super fast, it's super fun, uh, it makes you feel really good about yourself. Um, <laughs> um, I, can't speak, I can't speak more highly enough to it because you, it's, it's weird. I've played many shooter video games and this is one where I feel like I haven't, like, where you think you hit the skill, you're suddenly like, oh my god, I'm not good at shooter video games and it's like almost like... I don't want to say it's relearning, but it makes you realize that you need to be much faster and more on your game. Um, oh, wow. Like, like demons are coming at you, and you got to be ready to handle it. And the first little bits are, like, slow because they're showing you the new mechanics, and then it gets fast, and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, 
uh, yeah, you got to be ready to handle the demons coming. Um, and then, <laughs> right on, and yeah. then, um, there's a, uh, there's a new show on, uh, HBO that I, uh, have been watching, um, called Avenue 5. Um, that, um, the show, this, the first season just ended. I wasn't going to say anything until the season was over because I, I wasn't sure what I thought of it. So I was letting a bunch of episodes stack up so I could kind of watch, so I could kind of binge a little bit. Um, this yeah. is basically a half hour comedy that they did. Uh, it's from the creators of Veep. Um, I, I even know I've talked on the show about how much I love Veep. So, um, I was really kind of like, sweet, let's t- check this out. Uh, Josh Gad, Hugh Laurie. Um, it's, it's got a bunch, uh, some of the other actors from, uh, Veep are in it along with, um, Silicon, one of the guys from Silicon Valley's in it. Like it's, it's got like your HBO regulars, if you will. Um, and it's basically... When I first started watching the show, I thought it was Love Boat in Space because oh, it's basically I know what, I know what show you're talking it's basically about. a cru- it's basically like it's set far enough in the future that it's like a cruise ship in space. So these people are taking a cruise around the solar system and it's like an X amount of time or whatever. So they're in a luxury spaceship cruising the solar system and they're on their return trip to Earth and something there's an accident and the ship gets knocked off course, and they have a extended period of time now on the ship. So it's like a three-year window. So they're not going to be stuck on the ship for like an extra three years. So everyone's panicking. They're worried about re- their worth. So it basically went from love boat kind of feel to like love boat space cruise kind of feel to a tragedy in space. But at the end of the day, it's a comedy. <laughs> So okay. there's bizarre things that happen. So you find out, for example, that the crew on the bridge you see, they're all hired actors to look good for when people take bridge tours. The real people flying the ship is basically like <laughs> this tech crew underneath the bridge feeding them the information so okay. they can relay it. So the crew is like they're a bunch of morons. They don't actually know anything. <clears throat> um, excuse me. I had to cough. Sorry. Um, the, uh, not Corona, I swallowed wrong. Um, <laughs> the, um, but no, and it's, and like, they had this thing where, uh, there was a, this is the funniest, this, this is gross, but funny. Um, they had a couple deaths early on in the show and they took the coffins and they didn't know what to do with them. So they took the coffins and jettisoned them out. They jettisoned the bodies out in yeah. the space. Cause they're just like, we'll just do like, like a burial at sea kind of thing. So they jettisoned the body, but the ship has its own gravitational pull. So the coffins went out, caught in the ship's gravity, and now orbit the ship. <laughs> so these, so you'll like you'll have these people dining in like the big grand ballroom dining hall or whatever, and you'll see a coffin float by the window. <laughs> um, and let's just say that's not the only thing that gets stuck orbiting the ship, um, and hilarity ensues from there. It's really. It definitely, like, it started out, and I was like, I don't know, and after, like, the third episode, it just picked up speed. It's like it found its legs. It's like, it's one of those shows you gotta give it those first couple episodes so you know who the characters are, you know what's going on, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, once that, once you were like, oh, I got this, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Westworld Season 3 started, um, which, oh my god, is it amazing. Uh, there's only been, but, so... By the time this episode drops, I will have seen the third episode. So right now I've only seen the first two episodes of the third season. 
It is absolutely phenomenal, and I'm like at the edge of my seat. Um, the first season was amazing. I thought the second season, even though it had some really amazing things happen, I felt it was kind of like a down moment, a down moment in the show, because I felt they tried to do a little too much. But because of all that stuff they did in the second season, everything happening right now has me so hooked and glued. Like I just can't wait for more. So it's like that down moment. I feel was all exposition to what I'm seeing right now. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds awesome. I haven't watched Westworld at all, so I have absolutely no comment on there. But well, you're missing out because it's fantastic. That's what um, everybody keeps telling me. So that's it for my watching and reading and playing video games because it's I'm I'm trying to find the downtime that I can. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, let's talk the brief news that we do have, because we have a couple big stories to talk about, otherwise we okay. have nothing else to talk about. Um, so first I want to cover, uh, okay, let's, you mentioned the movies, uh, The Hunt um, was on, you went and saw it in the theater, but yes. here's me, so some of these, alright. There could be more added to the list. Um, by the time this trail, by the time this episode releases, almost all of them should be out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know where you're going with this. Yes. <laughs> so because of theaters closing and big ticket movies are not getting are going to lose box office dollars and that kind of thing. Um, so we have uh, here's a list of movies that are going out for video on demand or streaming early. And then I have a feeling they may get early uh, home releases as well. So um, the list is, and these are like, and some of them are early as March 20th, uh, The Invisible Man, March 20th, The Hunt, March 20th, uh, Bloodshot, Birds of Prey, The Way Back, and The Gentleman, all March 24th, Sonic the Hedgehog, March 31, Bad Boys for Life, March 31, and then uh, April 3rd, Pixar's Onward, and then April 10th, Trolls World Tour. Um, nice. So those are those are some big things coming, and they're um, and I just thought that was really cool. And when I say streaming, like Onward's going to be, um, Onward is specifically going to be on um, Disney Plus April third. Yeah. Um. So and I that's I really want to see that movie. So that's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I know like certain certain movies on the list, like Bloodshot, are already out. Um, but I heard that it's like twenty dollars to rent Bloodshot. <laughs> so I was like, oh, kind of ridiculous. It's like, man, I wish I could just go see it at a movie theater for cheaper. But <laughs> but it is awesome that some of the stuff is uh, streaming, and uh, I look forward to seeing some of them, especially Onward and uh, Birds of Prey. So yeah, that's why when you said The Hunt, I was like, you went and saw it. How the you know that kind of thing. Well, yeah, and I had no idea I would be able to stream it, you know, when I did see it. So. Um, now, the big thing, because, and this is something I wanted to talk about um, based on this list, was uh, um, there is, this is an unprecedented period, and there's an unprecedented issue of making a decision to do this. Um, yeah. The Hollywood Reporter has a really cool article um, that is all about making this 
these decisions and like do we because some movies are getting pushed way back some movies have completely halted production we don't know when we're going to see black widow we don't know like batman shut down uh fast and the furious has been pushed back fast nine has been pushed back a year for release date um so with theaters doing this um what makes me wonder is the big corporation the big studio films that cost millions and millions of dollars to make are getting pushed back because the investment that they put into these movies, they're not going to get the box office return if people can't go see them, right? So the movies are going to look like box office flops, even though they could be these amazing films. So when you think about that, movies got to be pushed back or postponed, whatever. Um, What does that mean for these smaller guys who are out there? Like, look at the medium in terms of uh, YouTube, Look at the YouTube content providers. Look at people like us who we are out here continuing to make content. We're not we're not sitting there pushing anything back. I didn't call you up and say, hey, because of the coronavirus, we have to take a back seat on this podcast thing. We are going to keep doing episodes. So we're the content yeah. creators. Um, so people like us, the little guys, are going to be pumping stuff out in any way we can. Um, I've mentioned I'm a big fan of Critical Role. Um, because of the social distancing, they have stopped production on their episodes because they they gather together as a group. And I don't know how you would I, – I think you could find a way to do that online and still post the episodes. But if you've ever watched their show, I think it would be difficult for them. So I understand. Um, but they're still releasing content. And when you look at what they're releasing, you're like, of course, that's amazing. That's brilliant. Good good for you guys for finding a way to keep going. Um so I just think um, it's in- just because I don't know like what kind of content are they releasing. Kinda. Uh, they like they had a they had a pre-recorded episode they did they released and then they had um, and then uh, Matt Mercer did a like this week he did a interview with him and one other person from the crew because he lives with that person so okay. he, he was like let's let's do a like an interview like. I'll just get in front of the camera. We'll talk about the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount and well that kind of thing. So um, it's more informational, but he's, they're still releasing content. You see what I'm saying? Like they still found a way to do it. Yeah, I figured it would be something like that, more roundtable discussion oriented. But, right. Uh, yeah, just just curious. What's cool about that though is that you're getting content. What I'm curious about is how these big studios are going to pick up the pieces once theaters start allowing people back in um i read an article that china reopened their movie theaters and um they're but they're not running new movies they're running old stuff like they're running like avatar and they're running like the matrix and they're running old stuff just to get people to come back into the theater because people are scared to go so they're just trying to open the doors and get people working they haven't released anything new um, so I'm just curious how these studios are going to recover. And I know people are looking at the economic side of things in general, like small businesses going to recover. I mean, this is a weird hit for everybody, but we talk movies, we talk video games, we talk books and comic books. So I'm curious how that's going to change in terms of our entertainment. So, yeah, I mean, you said like a ton there. To like, I know, I know. I, 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 I kind of went on a tear. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's like really interesting points that I didn't necessarily think so much about and that's just because like I realized like this whole time I've been thinking more about like you know like you said the small business owners and stuff and you don't think about like just the movie industry in general how is it going to be changed um 
I think there has been for some time this thing going on where YouTubers uh, um, and podcasts and just like online in, uh, personalities in general have been like kind of slowly getting more and more popular while, um, you know, there's still the big movie studios, but like a lot of the, uh, a lot of big budget movies from like back in the day, like, I don't know how to phrase this, like, there's certain kinds of, like, so you have, like, your huge, like, event films, you have your, like, Marvel movies and Star Wars and stuff, but there's all these, like, middle-of-the-road movies, like, your romantic comedies and just, like, your, you know, comedies in general and maybe lower-budget action movies, and a lot of those aren't getting made at the same frequency as they used to, like, back in the 90s and stuff, because... People have so much entertainment at their fingertips that they're not necessarily paying to go see the non like huge budget event films, if that makes sense. And I think there's been like this sort of dichotomy going on for a long time where these content creators on the Internet are becoming more and more popular while certain kinds of movies are becoming less and less popular. And it's kind of like kind of what you were commenting on is like. Yeah, all these movie studios shut down, but there's still all these online creators who are still putting stuff out. And I think there's been the beginnings of that, I think, was already going on where there's all these online creators who are getting more and more um, important, for lack of a better term, as far as like their effect on pop culture in general. Um, But I think because of uh, all the stuff going on with the coronavirus, maybe it's in a weird way going to bridge that gap in a lot of ways. And maybe, I mean, maybe it will really shake up the entertainment industry. And I don't really even know how to guess like how that effect will even like what will even come out of it. But I just think it is really interesting to think about and how things are going to change. And like you said, how are they going to get people to start going out to go see movies at the movie theater? Because people might be scared or, you know, they might not have as much money in their pocket to do that. So it's really interesting. And we might be seeing movies in a general sense popping up for home release way sooner, which I think is going to crazily change um, the pricing of movies. Um, uh, Prices might go down in terms of ticket sales at theaters. Prices for home releases may go up because they're trying to... Because, you know, if I want to own the movie... I might have to pay a little bit more just because they're trying to recoup expenses. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird time. Or maybe we might see the budgets for movies change in general, too. Like, maybe movies won't be having these crazy high, high budgets that we have now, which right. that'll or, be interesting to see, like, how their you know quality changes. Or well, maybe... well, what I was... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, it's you... okay. I kind of said what I wanted to say. Well, you make an interesting point because when we first heard word about a live-action Star Wars series, the 50 scripts that got written got shelved. This was back, like, this was back in, like, 2011 that, like, a script, scripts these that we heard that scripts started, like, being made, they got shelved because they said one script costs as much as a feature film. Um... And here we are now getting the Mandalorian. So clearly they found a way to do it in a cost-effective way. So maybe that's what's going to end up getting shaken up more than anything. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see. We we also live in a time where, you know, it used to be like if you wanted an overhead shot of something while filming, you had to, like, 
rent a helicopter and a pilot and have like a helicopter fly over the area you were filming. But, you know, now we have drones and you can do like all sorts of crazy stuff for, you know, way smaller yeah. price. And, or, you know, like, or if you've watched the Hobbit trilogy, take a look at how they did some of their super impossible angles that I don't understand how they got. So that, that works too. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> do you think they use drones? Or? No, I think it's all done with computer. I think the whole, I think they have, it's really interesting. I was watching, um, for some reason I've been watching the Hobbit trilogy lately. Uh, like I've been like falling asleep to it and I've been like, nah, Hobbit. And I just turn it on. <laughs> um, the first movie, the first of the three, I, it's not as bad. It's the second two where they, they repeat, Peter Jackson repeats this one shot over and over and over and over again. Like it's, like it's blatantly like the, like as a camera work it's like holy cow and it's really to show scope and they want they're trying to show you how big wow. something is so they like do these crazy impossible angles and they do these sweeping pans and i'm like and they'll do it'll be the same shot like every couple minutes it'll be that shot again and i'll be like can you guys it's almost like a shaky cam or people get irritated with shaky cam it's like i'm like yeah. watching this going stop this pan stuff um and I and it made me in my head compare to Game of Thrones, where they didn't do any of that stuff, but they showed scope, in like a brilliant way. Like you fully understood how big everything was without doing these weird pan reverse pan crazy shots that Peter Jackson was doing. Like, so I don't know. Um, yeah. And when I first um, when I originally watched the Hobbit movies, I never noticed it. Um, so here I am, like for some reason, picking it apart. So. I've heard, I don't know if they have a documentary about the making of the Hobbit movies, but I think it would be an interesting thing to see. Um, I've heard some weird stuff about just the production of that movie. Like, I feel like I've heard that they were changing scripts, like, the day before shooting, and, like, the, like they were making, like, a lot of changes, like, kind of, you know, by the seat of their pants, and, like, it makes me wonder if the movie was storyboarded, you know, by the seat Ooh. of their pants, too, and, like... Maybe they didn't realize they kept doing the same shot over and over again. But, you know, you look at the shot and like, oh, that looks gorgeous. That's perfect. But then you don't realize till it's too late that like, oh, we kept doing the same thing again. And again. Yeah. And it's the thing is, most people don't even notice that. But um, I think they kind of do subconsciously, at least, like even if they're not paying attention to the cinematography, um, they might be getting bored of seeing the same thing and they just don't realize why it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I just, for me, like, I really love just in, in, uh, independent entertainment in general. So, like, I'm kind of excited for this shakeup and I kind of hope that, uh, you know, a lot of the smaller guys on the internet, a lot of the smaller entertainers and stuff kind of get more popular and maybe more well-known but uh yeah it's just kind of like it'll be interesting how this affects just the entertainment industry and well we'll see um which is a good shake uh, which is a good segue do you want to talk about uh something that's going to really affect a corner of the entertainment industry that um i truly love and i'm excited and terrified about um, <laughs> sure. did, did you see the uh, casting news for the mandalorian season two Um, I, yeah, I believe I know where you're going with it. Okay. Oh, so maybe you don't. So apparently, um, 
So here's what's interesting is so many people are saying it's a confirmed thing, um, but I haven't seen Lucasfilm say, hey, it is. Um, so, I mean, unless I missed it, but apparently Rosario Dawson has been officially cast as Ahsoka Tano in Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah, I, I did hear this. I also thought it was she was in talks or rumored. I didn't know it was official. I saw um, rumored, 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 confirmed, 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 but I didn't really see Lucasfilm stating confirmed. Um, okay. Lucasfilm, and I've learned that if it doesn't come from the horse's mouth when it comes to Star Wars, it's sometimes not true, so you can't jump on that. But the way it the way it all played out from her making her being like the fan campaign on Twitter saying she needs to play this character, that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's fine if she got cast, it's fine. This is my frustration: is that um, I like Rosario Dawson a lot, so anything I say here has nothing against her. My problem is, is I don't understand why Ashley Eckstein, who voices Ahsoka Tano and has been voicing Ahsoka Tano since probably 2013, um, she, there's no reason why she can't play, no, not 2013, she's been voicing the character since 2005, maybe, because they had right. to, they had to hire the actors and um, because the movie came out in 2000 because the Clone Wars movie came out in 2008 so they had to start voice recording like early. Yeah. So well, I knew the show came out definitely before 2013, right? Um, like I want to say 29, 20. Well, the somewhere. the movie came out in 2008. The show followed right okay. after. So um, she's been voicing it since then. Um, but she's been the voice of Ahsoka Tano. She's been the poster person for not only Ahsoka, but her universe, the Clone Wars, Lucas. She's wow. been one of the poster people for Lucasfilm. I don't understand why she can't play Ahsoka physically in the live-action version. I really don't. Um, and I understand that, for example, uh, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen did not play, did not voice the animated roles. Okay. They, wow. had, they brought in voice actors to voice the animated roles. Uh, same thing with Samuel Jackson. He did the voice for the film, but he didn't do the voice of Mace Windu for the animation for the rest of the show. They brought in someone else. It's very rare that it goes that that stuff happens. My problem yeah. is this is the one character I feel would be the exception, um, and that's because Ahsoka. And this is a spoiler if you haven't seen Star Wars Episode Nine, but Ahsoka has a line of dialogue in Episode Nine, and because it's Ashley's voice. It almost irritates me that it wouldn't be her physically in the Mandalorian. Um, right. The um, so there's that aspect. There's also the aspect that Rosario could be playing her physically, and they could dub Ashley's voice over. But when you look at how old Ashley Eckstein is in comparison to how old Ahsoka could be at this point in the Star Wars chronology and that timeline, Ashley should be playing Ahsoka. Period. That is my thing. It's her character. She should be playing it. End of discussion. I wouldn't give it to anyone else. I would, un unless they we find out later that Ashley was like, they approached me and I didn't want to. That is different. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know what your thoughts are. I like Rosario Dawson. I'm okay with the um, casting. I'm not thrilled because I just want it to be Ashley. So. Right. Um, I think you probably feel a lot strong, more strongly about this than I do. I know Ahsoka is one of your favorite characters. And like Ahsoka very fast became, like if we did a Star Wars, a top five Star Wars character list, which I plan on doing someday, but yeah. when we get there, I guarantee Ahsoka's on my list. So. Yeah. Um, I, I do.
do like I am a big fan of Rosario Dawson. I've liked almost every movie I've seen her in. Like I've been, I've enjoyed her performance and stuff. Um, I just I think like what I'm looking at it as is like I don't know if the studio is just wanted somebody with and I don't know if Ashley Eckstein has a lot of live action experience or not, but I don't know if that factors in. She was but a feel, she was a child actor. Okay. But so. I feel like the bigger issue is probably just that they want somebody with a little bit more star power and just like they want to put somebody in that role that is going to get people to watch the show, I guess. And, and like, and I agree with that point. I just feel yeah. when it comes to that character and the fact that Ashley Eckstein, because of her company, her universe, um, she has, she herself has become a household name. And I don't think that star power is a factor in with this specific instance. Any other time, I would agree with you. Just this specific no, instance. No, so, like, the thing is, I completely agree with you. Like, I oh, think okay. Ashley Eckstein is the right person for the role. I think you're absolutely right. Like, nobody else should be playing, with, playing her. I'm just trying to kind of assume what the studio might be thinking as far as casting somebody else, but... Like I said, I don't think that it's necessarily the right choice. I don't think it's the most artistic choice. I think they're probably just thinking uh, in different terms, I guess. Like, they're thinking more from a marketing standpoint than the artist artistry of the show. Sure. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> I feel like. So we agree. All right. <laughs> like we're both kind of, like, let down at this point. Just like, yeah, suck. No, it's it's just weird. Like I, you know, like I want the yeah. It's yeah, it's just weird. Like I want like I I have no problem with it being Rosario Dawson. I just want it to be Ashley Eckstein. So. Yeah. Uh so I'm hoping that they're going to turn around and say, "Hey, psych, that was just a ploy because it really is Ashley. Here you go." And it's just for us to t- speculate while we wait for the season. But I that's... mean I mean in a perfect world it would be this story was all false and Rosario Dawson is actually playing somebody else in the Mandalorian and then Ashley Eckstein can still play Ahsoka. But, Ooh, there you, you go. Know. <laughs> there you go. I'm down. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, um, how about this? That's basically it for the news. We had those, like we had, we had to talk about the Ahsoka casting and then I thought it was interesting that all these movies are getting dropped early. That's literally all that's happened. Um, so, um, Let's, uh, you ready to talk about the list, man? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. All right, sweet. Well, it's time to do the list. I hope you guys enjoyed the news and everything we watched and read, but we need to talk about this list because I found it harder than uh, I thought it was going to be. So, Ryan, uh, play the thing. And now for the top five. And we're back. Okay, Peter, uh, this was your uh, pick. Um, I found it a little harder than I thought, um, and I <laughs> tried. And one of them, I feel like I don't know if I can count it as a if, if I should count it as an honorable mention or not. But you'll understand when I get to it. Um, so um, I'm gonna let you explain the list real quick, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, well, we're all cooped up right now. We're all kind of forced to be home, and I just thought it would be fun to talk about like our top five. Uh, favorite or most desired like nerdy travel destinations um you know something to look forward to someday uh when we're not you know forced to shelter in place and we can go travel the world and see some of our you know favorite nerdy locations whether that be oh what were you saying 
Well, no, and I was going to say, and you were talking about how this is a real world destination, so I can't pick, like, I can't pick King's Landing from Game of Thrones. Right, but you could pick where that was filmed. I right, so, I know. Like, that's I was, what, kind right. of, I was kind of thinking, like, it'd be better to think of in real world terms, but... Uh, well, all, I mean, my, my whole list has been done real world terms, so... Okay, awesome. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, that, that's about it. I found this list kind of hard, too, but... It's also, like, a lot of the ones that I want to see, I kind of already knew. Um, and then I also have, like, a lot of travel destinations that just aren't that nerdy. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh, man, I can't include that one. So, right. um, But, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Well, before we actually talk about the lists themselves, um, one thing I wanted to point out is what made me really interested in this is there's this thing going on um, in the world right now called, um, I mean, maybe not now because we're all, like, stuck in our houses, but um, it's called uh, film archaeology, and we're not okay. digging up artifacts from film, but people, what they're trying to do is they're either trying to get their hands on uh, screen-used props, so like through auctions, okay. that kind of stuff, or simply traveling to shooting locations and documenting that they were there. Or like, right. like, hey, there's that one scene in Indiana Jones and it was shot in this part of Death Valley. Let's go find it. So they'll like go out and they'll find that specific location in the desert where they shot the tank chase scene. And they will, yeah. you know, be like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Took a photo and like side by side photos of like them with this shot from the movie. Like, see, this really is the location. Or, um, <laughs> or awesome. um, uh, there's an Instagram feed. Uh, that I've been, uh, I follow, um, I kind of, I'm drawing a blank on the name and my phone's being weird right now, so I'm not going to look it up, but they're doing, they do these things where they post a photo of the street or the building or whatever's in the shot. And then there's a hand holding a photo of the actor in front of it, like running or like the action sequence or whatever. So you can see like, that's where it was actually shot. Um, okay, it's, cool. it's kind of a cool thing. So it's like, it's like, here's a picture of the, here's a picture of where they shot it. And then I'm holding up, up like a little photo of the thing. So it's like a hand holding the photo of like Bucky from Cat Winter Soldier, like running at the camera, you know, in that space because that's where it was. So, um, I yeah, just think, uh, I just awesome. think, I just think it's really cool that people are like going out of their way to like visit these places. So, um, which made doing this list kind of cool, but I have a couple it on makes, here. It makes me want to look into the film archaeology. Like, I don't know if it's a hashtag or what it is, but it sounds, like, pretty neat. Um, and then, like, as you're talking about it, I was kind of trying to, like, rattle off, like, things that I could do easily that are in film archaeology. And the only thing I could think of is, like, I live, like, decently close to where Groundhog's Day was uh, filmed, so I could drive up there one day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, some pictures or something, like, but. Uh, the... Um... The Man of Steel was shot in our hometown, exactly. so you and I have both been to technically Smallville, um, yeah. and that that's film archaeology right there. So you know. I mean, Man of Steel should have been the first one I thought of, but it's just like when you grow when you grow up like where they filmed the movie, like on the same streets, you don't necessarily think of like oh a movie was filmed here like first and foremost, even though like. You know, Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies. Like, it's hard for it to compete in, like, my memory against, like, oh, this is where I grew up as a child sort of thing. So, right, right. I hear you. No, I hear you. Um, Yeah, all right, dude. So, uh, I guess it was your list, so I have to go first, don't I? Um, Yeah, do you have honorable mentions, by the way? I have one. Do you? 
I have two, so I mean, I could Man, go you, first. You, you always have honorable mentions. All right, give me one of <laughs> yours just so it evens it out in the end. So. Okay, so um. Okay, so the first one I picked was uh just the redwoods of uh Northern California, like uh, where they filmed Endor, basically, or the Forest Moon of Endor, I should say. But I, I could always... not put that on my list because I've been there. Oh really? Okay, so <laughs> I haven't been there, um, and that was just something like. Ever since I was a kid, like, just those massive trees captured my imagination, and then also just the whole Star Wars connection, like, I always wanted to go to it, so. Yeah, um, I, uh, I had to take a work trip out to San Francisco, and I remembered being in San Francisco, and, uh, I, they knew, uh, the guys I worked with, they were like, let's go out and have, like, a beer or something, and so uh-huh. we went out, and they know I'm a big Star Wars fan, so they're like, hey, and, like, we went, and they're like, you know you're standing in Endor, right? I'm like, what? Like, you know, so, and then they drove me, I couldn't, like, we couldn't get close, but they drove me past where you would turn to go to Lucas uh, Skywalker Ranch, so I got to see the, I got to see the road sign. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's about, that's about that's as close. You, gotta just tuck, you just gotta tuck and roll, and then try to break it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, my uh, first honorable mention, uh, so I have a couple on here that are nerdy for different reasons uh, than just like, hey, this movie was shot here. Um, no, I, I was pretty broad with my nerdy okay. too, so. Well, this one, um, so the first one I have on here is 343 Studios, 343 Guilty Spark Studios. Okay. Uh, which, which <laughs> I don't is, know if I know what that is. No, it's, it's the company, it's where they make the Halo video games. Um, oh, I'm a I'm a massive. At first, it was Bungie, and then when Bungie went off to do Destiny, they had to move the Halo team somewhere else. So the Halo team started this company called Three Four Three, and that's where they make the game. And um, if you watch, I've seen some of the documentaries on the making of the game and stuff, and uh, like the testing and like putting things together. And I just think it'd be a really like, I mean, yeah, basically an office building, but going and getting to see how that stuff is done, I think it'd be awesome. Uh, Halo is one of my favorite franchises in terms of video games, so I just think it'd be really cool to go and do and explore and like, hey, this is how we did this and this is how we do that, and um, you know, I just think it'd be cool. So that's awesome. That's um, you're making me realize I didn't think about like production studios or anything of any kind, and like I feel like there's probably a million I would love to go visit, but uh, no, that's awesome. That's like a really cool pick. Um, so nice. <laughs> Yeah, all um, right. I guess that could lead into my next one, which is, uh, and I don't know if this will make yours, but uh, my next honorable mention is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, ah. And this is one that uh, I haven't been, obviously, you know, it hasn't been open that long, but uh, once, like, the hotel is open and it's kind of that full immersive experience, and maybe once the crowds die down, if they ever do, like, I do want to go to Galaxy's Edge and just have that experience. Um and most of the rest of my list isn't really like theme park focused at all, but uh, yeah, I, I just think that'd be really awesome. I have a confession. This is not something I put on my list, um, and it's only because I actually have a vacation to go there planned. Um, oh, so cool. as long and my vacation is planned for wow. later this year, as long as this coronavirus doesn't destroy it. So if yes, I have to push yeah. the if I have to push the vacation back, that's fine. But I actually have a plan to go to Galaxy's Edge. So. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, all right. So I guess it's my first actual pick, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is the one that I thought technically counted as an honorable mention because it's it's a real world location, but it's not a real world location. 
Um, and then I realized, no, it counts because you can, you can actually go there. Um, and it's the Hill Valley set from Back to the Future. Um, Universal, Universal still has the Hill Valley, um, the town square where they do the big, uh, car chase with the skateboard, the manure truck, and all that stuff. The Hill Valley yeah. town set piece is still sitting on the Universal backlots. And wow. and they run tours through it constantly. Uh, so if you go to, like, the Universal backlot tour, you actually get to go to Hill Valley. Um, and I just... it's Back to the Future is such a beloved movie of mine that I, like... I, I, I just have to go see it. I, I have to go there. You know what I mean? It just, it just would be really cool to go, so... Yeah, that's actually really cool. Um, if you go, I, I mean, I would want you to, like, at least skateboard around a little bit or something. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that'd be, that's that's really great. I didn't even think about that, but that's a really cool pick. Yeah. Um, um, thanks. Uh, what's, your, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's your first actual pick? <laughs> yeah, my first actual one is super broad, but uh, I chose New Zealand. Um, just, you know, Lord, The Lord of the Rings was filmed there, which is awesome. You're breaking up, man. Picture and like. You, you, oh you, my bad. You broke. You broke up. Now. You broke up at Lord of the Rings was shot there and go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of my statement. No, oh. I'm just kidding. Um, but just everything I've seen like about New Zealand, it just looks like a beautiful like environment. And um, just being a fan of uh, Peter Jackson, you know, since he is from New Zealand, I'd actually kind of want to go there to nerd out about some of his other movies like uh i really like his movie uh dead alive and like the first scene well like the whole movie was filmed in new zealand but the first scene i'm pretty sure was as well and it's like uh it's supposed to take place in africa and it's where this like guy gets like bitten by a uh this like zombie uh monkey rat thing yeah okay (laughs) and uh i'm like like that scene like just the landscape from that scene is like this really epic looking valley so it'd be pretty cool to go there and stuff like that so oh okay yeah (laughs) um well that's cool that's a good segue because um for me uh the one next one i was going to talk about was the game of thrones shooting locations um like uh belfast or uh, like belfast in ireland um uh, some of the places in spain castle black um in iceland is actually open for touring now um, and because of the popularity of the show, they're not taking, some of the sets are not being taken down. So like Castle Black is going to remain in place as a actual like tourist lo- location. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, just because of me being a big fan of Game of Thrones and that's a world I always want more of. So going to the, like just being able to go and live in that world for just the briefest moment would just be amazing so just to piggyback off what you said about uh, lord of the rings and you know being a fan of peter jackson being able to look back at game of thrones um yeah nice i um that's really awesome i always like i would love to visit some of the game of Thrones locations um you know our parents our parents went on a cruise yeah. up there and they kept being pointed out that oh that thing from Game of Thrones was filmed there and that <laughs> thing was filmed there and they didn't seem to care <laughs> <laughs> right on um, I think uh, so what was the first Game of Thrones location that you mentioned I can't uh, remember Belfast Where, what was uh, what's the actual like in universe location that was filmed there I wanna say you know what I'm gonna have to look it up 
Um, okay, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I have a tangent about um, uh, what was because I, I was just gonna say like I remember seeing um, I think it was I don't know if it was in the behind the scenes documentary they did at the end of season eight or if it was um, just a behind the scenes little like clip at the end of one of the Game of Thrones episodes. But I did see that uh, King's Landing is like a real city. Like it's like the rooftops and stuff is like a real place. And then they also like rebuilt like streets and stuff for to use for certain scenes. But I always thought that would be a really cool place to visit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to figure out. It's Northern Ireland. I'm just trying to figure out because I know it's. I have a feeling it's. Uh, I want to. I want to say it's King's Landing. Um, oh really? I think it's a lot of the King's Landing stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the castle stuff was filmed there. Um, That's awesome. I um, no, I was gonna say earlier, like uh, Game of Thrones, like just in general, like those locations were on my short list, and uh, I was kind of gonna try to shoehorn some of them in. <laughs> You'll see that. Yeah, later a lot of the landscape scenes, a lot of the um, a lot of the forest stuff was filmed there. Any like coastal scenes, like when you know the ships coming into the coasts. Um, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Winterfell is in Belfast. Oh, no. oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so, just to kind of, yeah. Actually, um, this actually really segues well into my next pick. Before well, you, bef- is, before oh. you go on, I have a quick Game of Thrones tangent, and I should have, okay, I should have, cool. I should have brought it up for, um, the watching category. Um, so you know what the plot of Westworld is, right? Uh, I know a, enough about it. Okay, so um, it's basically it's basically like a theme park, like a western theme park, and there are um, it's it's all like cowboys and stuff like that, but everything's robot. Right. They're all robots. Yeah. Um. So you see a lot of in the show. There's like half of the show is in the park, and then like half the show is behind the scenes. So you have to so you see the techs like working on the robots, and like they're like a, a robot will die in like the story of the park and then they'll have to bring it back and recommission it and send it back out in the park as a different character or something like that or like okay, put the character so it's basically uh cabin in the woods <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> i see how you say that but no um <laughs> the like um overly simplified things <laughs> well especially what's... when it's like a really critically acclaimed show i just think it's funny <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good when uh so you see like so like a character will die in the park and then we'll have to like refurbish it and put it back out into the park so like the people visiting will still get to interact with that character so yeah. um the because of that you get you see all these robots and everything, right? Well, you find out there's more than just the cowboy park. It's not just Westworld. There's a there's a Japanese park and there's a uh, there's a African hunting park and uh, like a safari park, I guess you could say, and uh, yeah. all these different things. And you find out that there's a, a war world, which is basically um, Nazi Germany. Um, so you could like go and be a spy in Nazi Germany or like you know that that kind of thing because they're all theme parks. Um, but there's one in the most recent episode, you found out that there was a medieval times park and I was like, Oh, that's that's awesome. Like, that'd be the one I'd want to (laughs) go. Well, there's a, there's a shot where one of the characters is walking through like the behind the scenes and they pass two techs working on something in one of the offices. And the two techs are David Benahoff and DB Weiss the showrunners of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and nice, I was like, that's oh, funny. that's a really cool head nod. 
and then when the camera pan, the character continues walking and the camera pans past the room and you see that David Binnehoff and D.B. Weiss are working on Drogon. <laughs> nice. Um, I was going to ask, and I was, was hoping it was one of the dragons. And it was just, and it was a quick, like, and if you don't know what they look like in real life, you never would have noticed. Otherwise, you would have just seen two techs working on a dragon. Um, right. But if you know Game of Thrones, it's very clear that it's David Binnehoff and D.B. Weiss, and it's very clear that it's Drogon. I just thought it was awesome. I think, like, I think I've seen interviews with them, and I don't know what they look like in real life. <laughs> like, from what I remember, they don't look super distinctive, so I think that's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's a really cool little moment. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what's your next pick? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, no, I was saying that kind of actually segues into my next one pretty well, because... I picked uh, the Skellig Islands in Ireland, which is where they filmed uh, Octu in the uh, Star Wars sequel trilogy. Skellig um, Michael. Oh, is that the full name? That's the full. It? That's the full name of the island. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I. Oh, I see. So it's Michael. Well, I, in general, I just thought those like that whole like island chain looked yeah. really awesome. But yeah, that specific one obviously is the one that I've seen the most of from the movie. But. Um, I just think it looks, like, beautiful and, like, the ruins on it and everything. And, like, I don't know if they constructed those ruins for Star Wars. I would assume that a lot of them were already there. And I just think it's, like, yeah. a really beautiful environment. Um, Ireland is, like, one of the – is, like, a country I definitely want to visit someday as well. Um, and since a lot of Game of Thrones – uh, locations are in in Ireland as well. Maybe I could shoe, shoehorn some of those in as well. So yeah, <laughs> there sweet. Go, but, yeah, there you go. Just do the just do the big tour, and you'll probably get to go right past Skellig Michael, and then they'll point out all the shooting locations for you. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, my next pick. I got some more Star Wars to talk about, so I'm kind of glad you're pointing out a couple Star Wars stuff. I was worried that my whole <laughs> list was going to be Star Wars, but it's not. Um, my next pick is DC Comics. Um, just the studio, just the studio. Um, okay. I want to go, I want to sit and I want to talk with the writers and the artists and I just want to like hang out with them for like a day and just like pick their brains and like see the actual like library that they have. Um, you know, there's been, there's some cool, every now and then you'll get to see like a behind the scenes documentary and you'll have like Jeff Johns and he'll be sitting in a room and they'll be, you'll be, you see bookshelves surrounding him and they're full of comics and you're just like, dude, I want to go look. And, you know, like just the idea of what the, what DC comics is as a studio or a company, I just, I would love to just go. And that's not something that you get to really do. So just to immerse yourself deeper, um, because now they have their TV division and they have their animation division and all that stuff. Like let's, let's, let's go and check this place out. So, um, yeah, yeah. DC comics would be my nerd pick on that one. So. That's awesome. I um, and I know you said one. I know you said earlier I never thought about studios. <laughs> yeah, because this is another one where I'm like, oh, that's so good, and I wish I was thinking in that mindset. But um, no, that's really awesome, and I actually do love looking at uh, whenever there's like an interview with like a creator or a um, you know somebody who runs a comic book company or something like that. And it's like a video interview and you can see like the bookshelf behind them. I do the same thing. Like I'm always scanning the bookshelf and like, oh, cool. I've heard of that book or like, oh, I've read that. And like, it's always just really cool to like nerd out about those little details. Um, I remember related specifically to DC. I remember watching an interview online with uh, Jim Lee once 
And, you know, he was in his office or whatever at DC Comics, and he had a bookshelf behind him. And I remember seeing some of the graphic novels on the shelves had uh, Marvel um, insignias on the side of them. And I was kind of like, oh, there's Marvel books at DC. <laughs> and I just thought it was, like, kind of funny. But, like, of course, like, Jim Lee would have a couple of those on the shelves because it's probably, like, the X-Men comics that he drew for Marvel sort of thing. So, um, yeah. But I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, all right, so your next pick is, we're like, I don't care, that we're kind of going over, but who cares? Um, yeah, what, fair what, enough. What do you got? Uh, so my next one is probably my most real-world nerdy one, in a way, because it focuses more on, like, actual news and conspiracies, if you will, but I picked uh, Roswell, New Mexico, and uh, this is one where, it's another one that, like, ever since I was a kid, the idea of, um aliens and ufos and like area 51 and stuff that always like really captured my imagination and i just like even as an adult like i don't know if i buy into a lot of the stories as much as i did when i was younger but i still think it would be so fun to go to roswell and to go to some of these sites that uh you know are kind of like urban legends in a sense like oh did like a ufo actually crash here and stuff and i know a lot of the um sort of like restaurants and gift shops and stuff in the area are all themed around like the whole like alien invasion sort of motif and i think that would just be something that i would uh nerd out about as well so yeah no i i i would love to go to uh area 51 or as close as i could get to it and say that i've been there you know what i mean yeah. like i've so, been so you you didn't try to get into the raid that went on. Yeah, yeah, that, that like when Twitter stormed uh, Roswell. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not. Um, did you ever see the pictures of the uh, people who actually went to try to raid Area Fifty One? No. Okay, Wait, so no, I saw a couple. I saw a couple. I thought they were fake. Oh, they might have been fake. I thought they were real because I saw a group of only like fifty people who were like you know, holding up protest signs and stuff. Mm. And I just thought it was really funny that, like, this huge online movement ended up being reduced to, like, such a small group of people, so. Right. The, uh, um, yeah, no, I, uh, it's, so, the, I, like, going to Area 51, like I said, just going there and, um, getting as close as you can and take a picture next to that road sign, like, you know, you can't go any farther or something like that would be really cool. Like, I've been to Stephen King's house, like, not inside, just I stood in front of it and took a picture of myself. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm in Stephen yeah. King's house. Um, so, uh, but I've never, like, I've never been inside, but that's as close as I've gotten. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, all right, I guess it's my next pick, right? All right, so here's my here's my Star Wars uh, shooting location that I want to go to, um, and that would be the Lars Moisture Farm in Tunisia. Um, I thought about Skellig Michael like you did, um, but the thing about this shooting location is this is the this is where it all began. Um, right. This is where Luke's from. This is where technically where Anakin's from. This is where like you like everything boils down to Tatooine being like. I mean, Tatooine's the planet that is farthest from, as Luke Skywalker so eloquently put it, but it it really is the center of the galaxy when you look at Star Wars as a as a whole. And um, the Lars Moisture Farm, 
uh, was buried under sandstorms and they dug it out because they needed it for, uh, they needed it when they were shooting uh, the prequels. And then the, uh, a bunch of people went out, uh, went out to Tunisia. It's not the best time to travel. And I'm not talking Corona wise, just things going on in the world. It's not the best time to travel out there. But, um, people went out to Tunisia and refurbished everything so it's now an actual tourist attraction and people can go uh so the Lars moisture farm is there and it is what it is and you can go and the idea of being able to stand where luke did when he looked off into the sunset um that that scene when he's looking off into the sunset in episode four like just longing for the adventure um that's a scene of someone wanting more that's a scene of someone looking off into their life and knowing that there's more than just this and I, I want to be a part of what's out there and I'm ready to go and I'm, I'm tired of being held back. And we've all experienced that in our lives and we all know what that feels like. So that scene when Luke is looking off into the twin suns when they're setting over the horizon, I get chills every time that scene comes on. And it's probably because of the John Williams music, but it's a thing that I know what that feels like. And I've been there. Like my life has gotten to that moment and I've moved past it, but I've been there and being yeah. able to go where Luke stood and being able to stand there. There's that the fact that that would probably be like almost a religious experience for me. And I'd probably cry just to be there. Like it'd probably like bring me to tears just to go. But the idea still stands like that's why I'd want to go. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there's not much I can say <laughs> that could like, I know I kind of add to what you just said, but it's, yeah, that's a perfect place. Yeah. That that's, is, uh, that's where it all began. And that's, if I had to pick any star Wars shooting location to go to as much as I'd want to go to Hoth or I'd want to go to Endor, all that stuff, that's the location that I'd want to go to. So, yeah. I mean, I did think about this when I was making my list, and I think I didn't pick uh, Tunisia because I was like, well, do I really want to visit a desert? <laughs> but then listening to your description, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, I'm sold. I want to go there. <laughs> right. But, um, no, I mean, I would love to see that moisture farm. And uh, it's cool that it's been refurbished. I feel like I heard a long time ago that there was, like, homeless people living in there or something like that. There, prob they there probably like was when they started the process of refurbishing everything because they basically had yeah. to clean it all out and then redo a couple things. And so it's some of it's not this hyper-original everything because they had to kind of fix it. Um, yeah. But it's still but it's still physically standing and there and everything. So Yeah. I mean, that is, that is a really... That is a really neat pick, and I would love to have that experience, too, that you were describing. And uh, you are right. Like, that one shot of Luke staring into the sunset is, like, such a uh, – something about it. It's, like, one of the most sentimental shots, like, in Star Wars, and it's just, like – I don't know. It's crazy. Like you say, you say Star Wars, and it's like one of the first five like images I think of is just Luke like staring into the sunset like that, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, that shot really sticks with you. Yeah. All right, man. Um, not to dwell on that because we could be on that for like the next hour if we really wanted to. Um, what's your next pick? Because we gotta. Now we're starting yeah. to run a little long, so... <laughs> my, my next Good. one's super broad, but I'm going to do my best to make it specific. Um, so I picked Japan, and there's like a million reasons, like nerdy reasons why you'd want to go to Japan. I almost uh, I, just, I almost picked the continent, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. So, um, but yeah, like, if you ask, like, specific city, like, I'd probably go to Tokyo, just because that's where, like, so much is going on, and there's so many 
like toy shops and just cool areas I would want to explore. But the real reason I picked Japan is because, as a lot of the listeners probably already know, like I really am a fan of uh, the craft of comic books and uh, mm. Japan's like a comic industry or manga, whatever you want to call it, is so integ- integrated with like their daily life that I find that like super inspiring. Um, and they have like a long history of just being like comic books being like extremely popular. Like mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think it's like over 40% of their total book sales is just comics. And, uh, it's one of those things where it's just something so integrated into the culture and it's like everywhere. Like when you go there, it's just kind of like everywhere. Like it's really easy to find comics of all sorts of, uh, all kinds of like whether it's like super underground stuff or super mainstream and i just like really kind of want to experience that firsthand um if i could go at any time i would love to attend like one of their big comic book shows but uh yeah that's kind of uh taking like such a huge broad country and like kind of trying to make it specific and uh time effective that's kind of like my biggest reason for for this pick so right on all right well, so for my last pick of the night, because we're rolling out of those last two, one for each of us, um, yeah. for me, it's Skywalker Ranch. Okay. Um, and this this is the, I know I mentioned a couple studios, but this comes down to the same thing with Star Wars for me, uh, being like Lars Moisture Farm. This would be, Skywalker Ranch is where it was all put together. Um, and I know that like filmmakers go to like do editing their stuff and I'm not talking just Star Wars is made there. Like Iron Man one was mixed there. They did all the sound mixing there and they did all the computer mixing there. Um, Skywalker Ranch was built not just for Star Wars, but for filmmakers in general to come and work. And it is, it's very off the beaten path. Like from what I understand, like once you're on property, it still takes another 15 minutes like, you get through the front gate, and it still takes, like, 15 minutes to get to the main house. Um, yeah. Where, uh, just to where the, you would stay, because they you would stay on property while you're working on your movies. And it's basically for filmmakers to work privately. So, the, the people who've walked those halls, the people who've sat in those chairs, um, the idea of who could be there when you're visiting yourself, um, the work that gets done there... It's not just sacred ground for Star Wars. It's sacred ground for the film industry. And um, because I'm so into movies and stuff like that, this would be, again, it would be like a religious experience. This, it would be one of those places where, like, you know, like you have to, it, you would, it would, you'd have to make the Mecca one day and go just to experience it. Even if it was just, like, you get to go and you're basically going to get to, like, set foot on the grounds and then you got to leave, I would take that chance to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Skywalker Ranch, it's just too important of a physical location to be, and it's just what transpires there um, of all these things that we love and talk about every week, week to week to week. I mean, what we're on episode 86, and almost every movie we've ever talked about has been put together at Skywalker Ranch, so... Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I thought you were gonna go the route of like I don't know if we have not mentioned Star Wars in one episode. <laughs> but, uh, no, like no, I'm just like uh, almost every movie we've ever talked about, like you can watch the credits and you watch the credits alone of almost any movie and at the bottom of the when you get to the tail end of the movie you'll always see a special thanks to Skywalker Sound or uh, sound done at Skywalker yeah. Ranch or visual effects, Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm like almost almost every movie at this point is done that way. Um Yeah. Some pe- obviously, there's people who have made their own like film 
their own special effects companies. Like a lot of people um, give a lot of credit to James Cameron for doing the special effects for um, Avatar. Uh, but if you look real closely, if you actually like watch the documentaries and stuff, you find out that Weta Workshops did the majority of the visual effects for Avatar, and then they sent it over to Lucasfilm at Skywalker Ranch, and they cleaned everything up. Right. So, right. so, you know, it's just how that kind of goes. So, yeah, Skywalker Ranch is my last pick for the night in terms of nerd de- destinations. but Yeah, um, so you, you did mention sound, and, like, I just wanted to comment really quick, like, I know different like rock bands and stuff that have uh, recorded albums at uh, Star or Skywalker Ranch too. So like, it's not even just like movies. It like branches out into like all facets of entertainment, yeah. which George. is like, really cool. Kind of the impact that this one um, I don't know if studio or what you would even call like Skywalker Ranch, but this one location has like left on all facet facets of entertainment. Um, and then I also, like, um, oh, I wanted to ask, like, is Skywalker Ranch something that's open to the public? Like, could you possibly get a tour of it at, at any point? Or I have no idea. It's yeah near San Francisco, so I don't get to go that way very often. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I just didn't know how attainable it was. But I know there's, like, people who have gone into it and have lived to tell the tales. <laughs> yeah. There's always hope, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe we'll record a top five report episode there. Someday. That would be that'd be the <laughs> ultimate dream. Um, um, all right, man. Okay, so moving into my last one, yep. I can make this pretty short too. But I picked uh, San Diego Comic Con. Um, I have been to San Diego before, but I've never been to you know the massive comic convention that happens there once a year. I'm kind of nervous that it's going to be canceled this year, but. I guess we'll wait and see what happens, but, uh, yeah, like, this is just one of those things that, you know, I grew up, and, like, I was always, I always liked comic books and superheroes especially, but I think it was, uh, sometime in middle school that I kind of got back into it in, like, a big, bad way, and I think when I was getting back into, uh, comic books, um, for some reason, San Diego Comic-Con was just always this, like, sort of like bucket list attraction like I had to go to that convention at some point in my life and I still haven't but it's still like on the bucket list and it's still one of those things like I have to go there one year you know at least once and so like I just really gotta go and it's one of those things that I really like the things I hear about how the whole city or the whole downtown area of San Diego is kind of taken over by Comic-Con like I feel like I could go to San Diego and not even have tickets to the convention, but there'd still be so much stuff to do, so many fun things going on, and I just think that, like, sounds awesome, so. Yeah, um, everything you said, I'm going to just say ditto. Um, (laughs) I didn't even think about San Diego Comic-Con, and I didn't even think about it being canceled. I completely forgot about that for some reason, so um, let's see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like crossed i'm hoping it's not but at this point we really don't know what's well here's the thing sadly. well here's the thing e3 got canceled but all the game developers who can't go to e3 have already said oh. that they're doing some kind of press conference or they're doing they're like yeah. they're doing something digitally so we'll still get the information so hopefully we still get the panels that we can view digitally or whatever the case may be yeah. they'll, they'll make it available for us in some fashion there uh-huh. still is I don't know what it is. There still is like this romanticism of just the event going on that I still 
enjoy having in the back of my mind. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, oh, right now there's that massive convention going on. Like, it kind of gives me peace in a weird way. And so, like, I'm still hoping that it doesn't get canceled. But you're right. Like, the panels and stuff and the news that still will come uh, will be a nice consolation, if nothing else. So Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you ready for to hear what next week's list is going to be? Yeah, yeah. What What are we doing? And I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball, so get ready. It's not <laughs> It's not going to be a hard one, but I'm going to make it hard. So we're going to do. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do space movies. Here's right. Here's the catch: you can't pick Star Wars and you can't pick Star Trek. Because I know that if you say go pick your five favorite space movies, I'm coming to a list of all Star Wars films. So we're taking Star Wars and Star Trek out of the equation, and it's space movies in general well I'll just pick five of the alien movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now does this movie have to take place in space or it, it, are alien invasion movies okay or alien invasion it like my 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 idea was that it would take place in space um okay but like you but this but this makes us focus on other things so like yeah i might pick alien which is a phenomenal movie but i might also pick apollo 13 which is right. a phenomenal movie, and then that makes it makes us kind of look at like some of the NASA films that we've gotten to see over the years, um, or like uh, or like Event Horizon, or um, you know, there's some there's some really cool space movies out there that are like Interstellar is a phenomenal space movie. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. But so it just made I just wanted like I just knew that if I didn't if I left Star Wars and Star Trek in the equation, it would they would overshadow I think what I was trying to convey. Um, yeah, and absolutely. like and like Star Wars is more fantasy than it is science. It's science fantasy, or Star Trek is science fiction. Um, Star Trek, even if I said take Star Wars out, Star Trek would overshadow because they fall under the science fiction aspect, and then they're focusing on the science fiction but real, <laughs> you know. So yeah, um, yeah, that's why I wanted to take those two franchises out and then do this. So. So I, I guess I just wasn't sure, like, a movie like Independence Day, where, it, like, you know, almost entirely is on the Earth, like, does is that considered a space movie, or no? I'll, I'll allow it because it because of the subject matter. Um, okay. Fair yeah. Enough. Like, I, I'll let you interpret that. I just figured, um, I just figured space, I just, I'm, I'm kind of thinking more taking place in space, but I'll understand if you can, like, if you can argue it, then I'll let it go. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Okay. And I had to and I had to double check that we haven't actually done this list yet. I had to like while you were talking, giving me some review. I was scrolling through the past eighty some moot list, and I'm like, nope, we haven't done yeah. that yet. Sweet. Um, it's funny that we've done eighty, and like I can only think of five off the top of my head or something like that. So. That is funny because when someone goes, "What do you mean top five? I'm like, "Well, like," and I and there's like a, like like three or four that I always list off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, that's what we're doing next week. Hang on a second. <clears throat> Clear my throat real quick. Sorry for that cough. Again, not corona. I swallowed weird. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So with that being said, uh, let's. we got another one in the can. You ready to end this for the night? Sounds good. All right, man. So if, if you would, please check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, that way you can interact with the show. You can hit us up, up us on the email or hit us up on our social media. Um, 
We are on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to us there, and if you do, you won't miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I will be spreading the word that I'm pretty sure I saw Ted Gruda working at movies. <laughs> that's awesome. That's like a that's like a deep enough cut that someone's gonna go, what? <laughs> um, but that's really funny. All right. Uh, well, with that being said, uh, we have another one in the can, Pete. So uh, we'll be in touch next week. And coronavirus or not, we're not going anywhere. So. Um, We'll see you next week uh, for the Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good day.